So tell us about your your background. What's your story? Okay, so I was born in Nigeria in 1991 um, in Lagos. Um, went to primary and secondary school in Nigeria. Um, and then I moved to England when I was 14. So I didn't finish secondary school in Nigeria. Moved to England when I was 14. I've always, I've been writing from a young age, probably about 10 was the first time I started a novel and I started it very seriously. Like, right, I'm going to write my masterpiece now on the family computer. Um, but I would say that it was when I moved to England that I started telling Nigerian stories. It's the irony of life. But when I grew up in Nigeria, it was a very, all the media was very Western facing. And so, you know, you're interested in America, interested in England. And so the novels and the stories I would write while I was living in Nigeria were full of white characters, full of American characters. Um, and my mom, you know, asked me like, why don't you write about what you know? But at that age, I just didn't think, you know, Lagos is not the place where it's happening. It's happening in New York. It's <laughs> happening in Los Angeles or wherever. Um, and I would say, yes, it's, it's the irony of like moving away from home actually made me appreciate, um, appreciate home. Um, yeah. Great. So, so how did you, how did you begin? How to be, how to, I mean, how did, where did you really formally decide on a writing career? How did you begin it? Um, I would say my sister, my oldest sister, she was very instrumental to that. So I'd, I started writing stories and, and like a novel. I didn't finish them, but I didn't know how things got from your laptop, from your computer into a bookshop like Waterstones. Um, and I had a lot of encouragement from my family, which is like, it's, it's something that I realize now that it's so instrumental to people being bold enough to do things when they're younger just if somebody older says yes that thing you're doing is good they don't, you know I mean they don't have to to sit on your head or whatever but just that little bit of encouragement so she bought a book called the writers and artists yearbook um which has a, they publish it every year in the UK and it has a list of agents publishing houses and it just walks you through the process of how you get published and actually it is like as you said knowledge is power but like the advantage that getting that at 14 um that's what allowed me to get an agent at 17 because once I had the book then I knew how you get an agent then I knew how you so I, I went through the steps I emailed the agent I did my cover letter and this this and the other um and so yeah that's that's how the sort of journey began I got an agent at 17 then they submitted me to different publishing houses um I think when I was 18 and then I think I signed my contract with my publisher at the time at 19 um so yeah, who was who was, who was, who was the publisher? Who was the publisher? Faber, Faber. Oh wow, at age nineteen, fantastic. Mm -hmm. And did you have any sort of formal training? Did you, you know, your degree in English no. or anything like that? Did no. You... So I mean, I've always been interested in books, um, and I've always read a lot, um, and I had books at home. Again, you, you sort of look at all these things, and like there wasn't any. It wasn't like, you know, anybody was sitting on my shoulder, you must write, but like the environment was there for me to develop this interest. Um, and no, so I didn't have any formal. I read, I studied history, actually. That was my undergraduate um, degree. Oh, right. Where did, where did you study history? King's College, London. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was just, well, that, I guess history, there's a lot of writing. So Yes, there's a lot of writing. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. And then, um, so you thought how you learned your skills to start out. Was, and you've, was anybody inspirational i mean was there a mentor or anybody that you you know 
in the aspirations of becoming a good writer? I had examples. And I think, I, again, I commend my parents. They never, they took us seriously, but not too seriously. So, you know, when they saw me writing, my mom especially, she took, I have an aunt who's a writer. Her name is Mobolaji Adenubi. She's a writer in Nigeria. And she was a member of the Association of Nigerian Authors. It's called Anna. And then there's also a female writers group she was a member of. And like, I remember being like maybe 10 or 11. And my mom took me to this meeting with Nigeria. It was the female one, female writers. And like they sat in a circle and had their writers meeting. And then she was like, yes, my daughter wants to be a writer. So I brought her to the writers meeting. And I didn't actually remember what was discussed, but I just remember that from a young age when I said I was writing and nobody said, um, oh, you're too young for that or this, that, that, you know, I was taking serious, like, yes, it's possible. So here's a meeting with other writers. If you want to be a writer, this is what it entails. Um, yeah, it was. Um, is that, I mean, kudos to them. I mean, as I get older now and I see that a lot of people didn't have that in their childhood, I see sort of, yes, I was very blessed. Um, but um, was there any, is there any writer that, you know, maybe you felt, you know, stood out for you as somebody you wanted to emulate, for example? Mm. so I mean obviously when I was younger again read a lot of books so like and it, it was a lot of European books and I say because my mom grew up in colonial Nigeria so her education was very colonial so all the books she read in her childhood were Dickens etc etc so those were the books that she bought for us um so I would say when I was younger actually it was a lot of Jane Austen the Bronte sisters Dickens etc the irony I did not read things fall apart until I moved to England <laughs> the irony um. but of once I discovered those authors as a teenager I remember when I read things fall apart and I was like wow because I knew of the book because Achebe is such a huge figure in Nigeria but I just thought no that's my parents generation it'll be Raz it's only British and American things that are cool and so I read it in England in my boarding school and I was like ah this thing is good though and then it was in England and I started discovering so many different writers of course and I read Chimamanda um Purple Hibiscus Half of the Yellow Sun and then I began to seek out those books. I remember I read the show in memoirs. Ake in particular was very sort of important to me. Sefiata. Sefiata is a great hero of mine. She wrote everything good will come. It's so funny when I met her, I was kind of like, what's wrong with this girl? It's like, oh my gosh. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay. calm down. Um, but oh no, I mean, you, you can't be a writer without being a reader, you know, and anybody who tells you they don't read, like that's your training, you know other writers you know those yeah. are like Important. that's your training um and any, i mean sometimes any, I mean, mm-hmm. you face any challenges you faced as a any writer when, when, when were you first published what, how old were you when you first i so when my first novel came out i was 21 and what, what was what's that book called the spider king's daughter okay. so i was in my final year of university so yes that was a it's funny, looking back now, yes, it was actually probably a bit of a struggle because I remember trying to get, because I, I was having engagements. I was doing press, I was being on radio, I was being on television, I was going to literary festivals to speak. And then I still had my final year. I had to do my dissertation and da 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 And I remember um, trying to get like an extension on one of like my big papers that I had to hand in. And I, I put in the request that my, my, one of my lecturers put it in for me. And then she came back and she was like, well, you see, unfortunately, we only give extensions for when bad things happen to people, like <laughs> somebody in your family has died, or exactly. you're ill, or something. Yeah. But um, 
unfortunately, if a good thing like your novel being published happens to you, there's no extension for you. So I had, I had to do, do, do everything. But like, thank God. Because I remember when I came in first year, I was like, I really want to get it first. I really want to get it first. And I did. Yeah, I, got class. My, I got my first my first wow. class degree. So wow. It's, it's, it's but it was tough. It was tough that final year. Looking back. Yes, I can imagine. I can imagine. Mm. So what, what do you enjoy doing outside of your work? Um, so I like cycling. It's so funny if you asked me this question. I remember once I had someone asked me this question at, at a literary festival and I felt very attacked because I couldn't actually think of anything. I was like, you're so boring. All you oh, do is right. like, read and write. Like, I was like, I can't even say reading because like, it's, almost, it's part of my it's job. Part of your, to all yeah. combined. I was like, children, you are yes. so boring. You need to get, you need to get hobbies. Uh, so I love cycling. Um, so yes, I cycle. Um, what else I do? I like going to art galleries and like museums. Um, I collect art as well um, uh-huh. now. Um, That's an important hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what else do I like doing? Yeah, Netflix, of course. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> lockdown. I was going to ask you next question. How have you coped with life in lockdown? It's funny. The texture of my days haven't changed that much. So I decided to start writing full time not last year now 2019 so it'll be two years um and I just felt that you know I need to like I can do more if I focus because I've always been doing something else and writing doing my undergraduate and writing doing my PhD and writing lecturing at SOAS and writing and I just thought you get more out of this if you can focus you know and you're sort of in a financial position where you can make that decision at least for the next couple of years so like you know, believe in yourself, basically, take plunge. So I did in 2019. So like, I am the most prepared person for a lockdown. I work from home anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I sort of like, already sort of started building things into my day to mean that I wasn't just staying at home all the time. So like, I go on runs and walks and stuff like that. So in some ways, yes, I was prepared. But then obviously, you know, like everybody needs to see friends and stuff. I mean, even when I was writing full time in a non- lockdown world at least in the evenings you can go and see people you write during the day um but um yeah i would say i haven't um i, have, I, felt I haven't changed much so yeah. i guess you're like life will be right so solid so solitary you just sit down yes and exactly you're treated by yourself absolutely and to right. tell us the other books just so that we um the other books that you've you've published and um, the second book is um welcome, to, welcome lagos. to lagos yes and how old were you when you, that was published 25 okay and yes. uh, you've got book three coming Yes, Sankofa. That's coming uh, out in June. In June this year. Okay. And are you still are you still with Faber and Faber? No, so I've moved. I have moved now to Virago, which okay. is a women's press. Um, so yes, oh. I'm. It's um, I'm pleased actually. They had um, they published only women. Um, and they have there's some authors that they have on their list that I really admire, like Maya Angelou. So they were one. Oh. They were the first publishers in the UK to publish her. So, like, this is fantastic. Nice. Virago, B-I-R-O. Virago, yes. I've got my books out. It's funny how you, you buy a book and I'm not always checking who the publisher is. I mean, yes, yes, names, yes. But, but yeah, amazing that they, they publish my Angelou. So, um, what are the three top tips you give today's, say, millennial, you are a young or old person who, who wants to launch a career as a writer? Mm, I would say, like, like it's a marathon not a sprint and like 
because again, such a solitary career, and there's there's really no way to gauge your progress. It's not like after your war, you get a promotion, and you know, after you work for two years, they move you from, from this level to VP to this to that. So, you know, sometimes you can feel like, oh, you're being left behind, or you can feel like this, this, that, and the other. But it's really one of those careers you actually just have to stay in your lane <laughs> and not look, you know, from left to right and be thinking about your own personal development and where you want, what stories you want to tell and where you want to go. Um, because yeah, so that definitely sort of staying your lane. Yeah. Obviously, read a lot. Um, um, and form a community of a loose community. So I would say, like, I have people that I send my work to read, friends, okay. uh, people that I know are readers that enjoy books. They're not necessarily writers, but like, I would say, form a people. A community of people that have that your interest around books etc etc um because they will then you have somebody to talk about books with you have people to show yeah. your work to and because they are readers they can yeah. comment intelligently on the work so yeah. like it's funny people always send me their manuscripts to read and i laugh huh? i said do you know what it means for somebody to sit down and read seventy five thousand yes. words like, <laughs> yeah, like exactly even somebody that loves you talk less <laughs> of a stranger that you don't yeah. know from anywhere exactly. <laughs> so true. you know build yeah. that community of people around you i mean i i mean till now like i said i'm always begging my family members i say even me i'm looking for people to read my work i help me <laughs> i help me give That's me true. feedback etc etc um so yeah build your community the next question is what do you how, how do you manage how do you manage your um finances investments uh, uh-huh. what's your what's your attitude to, to that sort of thing uh, well i think actually I would rate myself fairly, fairly good at saving. And it's also because I didn't have a lot of money at the start of my career. That's another thing. <laughs> you have a lot of money at the start of my career. I can show you some of my tax returns, <laughs> 3,000 pounds of earning in one year. So I learned how to like, really like stretch my money. So I would say like generally, like I'm fairly good at like, saving and sort of trying to live within my means what i sort of had to learn is about investing and not just piling your money <laughs> piling your money somewhere but yeah. actually learning how to invest um and to be honest so like I, again saving i've taken out ISAs, all those sorts of things when it comes to saving anything they say save look i can take out an ISA, i can take out this but the actual investing that's something that i'm definitely still learning about i collect art so i know that's like um an alternate investment and i would say actually anything you put your money in try and read about it and i feel like that's why i'm confident to put some of my money in art because i read a lot about around art and i'm sort of trying to get there with stocks shares etc etc so i understand it so i can be confident to say right okay i want to put my money in this but definitely yes i'm still on the journey learning about investing Good. And then finally, what's next for, for, for Chibundu? Um, what's next? Well, hopefully, um, not hopefully, my next book, Sankofa, is coming out in June. So that's next. Um, but hopefully a career in television as well. Um, so that's sort of what I'm hoping for, working towards, praying towards, pitching towards. Um, so, yes, I had a short film on Netflix called Dolakwa is Fine. It's fine. I enjoyed yes. that. Thank you. Um, so I'm trying to sort of do more in that area. 
So yeah. Well, thank you.